Thanks for checking out the Lakeshore Podcast. If this is your first time listening with us, we want you to know God loves you. We want for your hope in Jesus to be renewed and for your faith to come to life. Wherever you are joining us from, we hope this message encourages you. Mention them as we're getting started. The first scripture is this one. For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God. 1 Corinthians 14.2, the first half. Here's the second one. He who speaks in a tongue edifies himself. Somebody say himself. 1 Corinthians 14.4, the front half. I wish you all spoke with tongues. That's the Apostle Paul saying that. 1 Corinthians 14.5, the front half. He goes on and he says, I thank my God. I speak with tongues more than you all. 1 Corinthians 14, 18. And the last one, he says, I do not forbid to speak with tongues. Actually, it says, do not forbid to speak with tongues. 1 Corinthians 14, 39, back half. The title of today's message, if you're taking notes or in your study guide, it is this. What is speaking in tongues? Question mark. And the subtitle is the benefits of speaking in tongues. Now, I've been a Christian for 30 years, and I'm going to just be right up front. You guys know this, that there's a lot of different perspectives and opinion and even some confusion when it comes to the subject of speaking in tongues. And unfortunately, in some conversations, if you're not real careful, they can get heated pretty quickly, and you can find yourself in an argument. Come on, how many believe that God did not give any of the gifts of the Holy Spirit, there's nine of them, this is only one, he didn't give any of them to cause division or arguments in the body of Christ. Can I get a big amen right there? So wherever you land, you might be like one of these people that are, I'm completely in, I'm very familiar with this subject, I'm not confused about it, I have the gift of speaking in tongues, been speaking in tongues for many years, or you can be on the other side of the spectrum, you're like, yeah, no, kind of just repels me. I would rather just avoid that whole subject. Uh, I've had some bad experiences with it, so I just don't want to go there. Let's just talk about Jesus, and let's talk about going to heaven and leave that other stuff. It's, it's not something that I want to get in. You could be on that side of the spectrum, or you could be somewhere in the middle. You're just like, eh, take it or leave it. I'm doing okay. So with that being said, I think this message is for every single one of us. All three of those categories, I promise you're going to be encouraged, you might learn something, and you'll be refreshed and strengthened in what the Bible has to say, not so much me. Amen? How many believe the Bible is for us today? So we want to talk about this whole subject and talk about some of the benefits. Why? We've been on the subject of living an empowered life. Living an empowered life. And we need to understand the person and the power of the Holy Spirit. I've said this before. I've heard a pastor say this. Living a Christian life is not hard. It's impossible without the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Isn't that true? So we're going to unpack some more things. Jesus said, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. He also said in verse 5, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Acts chapter 1, verse 5. If you missed last week, 
we uh, talked about three essential baptisms. Baptism in the body of Christ, baptism in water, and then the baptism in the Holy Spirit with power. If you missed that teaching, it's interesting at the very least. You might learn something. You can go back to our website and catch up, receive the podcast. Today, Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. I'm reading out of the New King James. This is what the Bible says. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they, the disciples, were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now, I just want to clarify a couple of things real quick. When the day of Pentecost came, even the word Pentecost in some circles makes people uncomfortable. They may have heard something from someone who calls themselves a Pentecost a Pentecost person or a Pentecostal person, and it ruffles some feathers. I've been in some conversations about that. The word Pentecost just simply means 50, 50. And the day of Pentecost was a celebration of the first fruits of the harvest of the Jewish people. It was seven weeks of seven days, 49 plus one day, the 50th day, which was Pentecost. This is 50 days after Jesus was resurrected on Easter Sunday, so or close to it, Passover. So I just want you to know there's nothing to be scared about when it comes to the word Pentecost. What's interesting, too, if you know a little bit about this story, Peter preaches this incredible message. How many people were saved after Peter preached? Does anybody know? 3,000 people were born again after his message. So in a lot of commentaries, they'll equate this day of Pentecost, the day of first fruits, as the day when those who became Christians on Pentecost, they were the first fruits of a vast harvest of born-again people now in alignment with God because of the new covenant through Jesus Christ. So this is a significant time that we're reading about. I also want us to notice this. It says that they were with one accord in one place. They were with one accord in one place. A Greek word. It's kind of big, but it's worth the, it's worth the effort, okay? With one accord, three words in English is one word in the Greek, and I'm going to pronounce it like this, homo thumidon, homo thumidon. It's important. Let me tell you why. The first part of the word homo, H-O-M-O-U, it means together in unison or in agreement. Not just together. You can get 10 people in a room together in a room, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they're in unison and in they're in agreement. Is that, is that understood? Right? So, and the second part of this word is the word thumas. T-H-Y-M-O-S. And it's important. Thumas means hot with passion. Hot with passion. Okay? So with one accord symbolizes a time when believers came into passionate agreement together about what the Lord was doing, and as they did, they were caught up by the Holy Spirit in an eruption of spiritual fervor or excitement as he filled the house 
and then filled them with the Holy Spirit. That's what it means to be with one accord. What was the result of them being filled with the Holy Spirit and being in one accord? Well, in this context, if you study it out, the Bible says that they were filled with the Holy Spirit and they began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. So we're answering the question right out the gate. Pastor Robert, what is speaking in tongues? Here's a definition. It's a little wordy, but I think I'd rather be full and complete than to give you something kind of shortchanged, okay? Here's the definition. Speaking in tongues is the supernatural ability to pray, praise, and prophesy using a language, human or heavenly, that means spiritual, that was never learned and is not understood by the person speaking. And that's exactly what happened in the book of Acts. Now, I do want to mention this, and I can't go deep into this because I don't have it all figured out. By the way, I don't think anyone has all of this figured out. I've been reading this and studying this for 30 years. I don't have it all figured out. Maybe when we get to heaven, we'll have it all figured out. But there's two miracles, I think, that takes place in the book of Acts chapter 2. First miracle is they're filled with the Holy Spirit, and they're speaking in languages that they didn't know. And a lot of people will say, well, Pastor Robert, those were human, earthly languages or dialects. And when you read the text, we can identify other people that heard them, and they heard them in their own language. And it emphasizes three or four times. They heard them in their own language. I think two miracles took place. I'm not going to theologically say I've got it down. But I think one miracle was they began to speak in a language that wasn't their own, their native language. And two, God gave some people the supernatural hearing to hear them speaking in their language. How could you say that, Pastor Robert? Well, if you go on and read the rest of the story, it says that others looked at them and didn't understand a thing they said because they said, they're drunk. They're not even making sense. So I think that whole text right there is way more than we can figure out. Amen. And I'm glad that God is way more that we can figure out. But it's worth mentioning because we need to kind of look at this and keep our hearts open because we want everything that the Bible has for us. We want everything that God has for us. Now listen, in the book of Corinthians, 1 Corinthians, the Apostle Paul, he's attempting to correct some unbalanced practices of the use of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. All of them. And... He specifically talks about the benefits of exercising praying in tongues. Or some people would call it a heavenly language or your spiritual language. But we're talking about speaking and praying in tongues. And he talks about that very, very carefully in 1 Corinthians. So for the rest of our time, I just want to share with you three benefits to speaking in tongues. Stay open. Let's look at the scriptures and let's ask the Holy Spirit for wisdom. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 2. Look at it with me again. Paul says this. For he or she who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God. For no one understands him. However, in the spirit realm, in the unseen realm, in the realm beyond our natural understanding... He or she speaks mysteries. Somebody say amen. That's what the word says. Okay? Benefit number one, if you're taking notes. Praying in tongues 
helps me to pray beyond the limits of my natural mind. Now, I want to point out a couple things here. A little bit of a teaching, not so much a preaching. The word mysteries is not talking about something weird or strange, but about speaking words straight to God that only God understands. To us, a mystery is something we can't ever figure out, but the word mystery in the Greek is the word musterion, and it means a hidden or a secret thing, not obvious to the understanding, but made known to the initiated, made known to those who are in the family. And so when we're praying in a tongue that's not our native language, we're praying beyond our limited understanding, our limited intellect, and we're praying words that only God can understand. We're praying directly to the heart of the Father. So, speaking to God in tongues is not the only way that we can speak, pray, or praise Him, but it is a privileged way. It's a privileged benefit by which we gain greater intimacy with God. The Lord preciously and personally loves each of us in a way that is distinctive. And when we pray in tongues, we are speaking only to God. While we don't know what we are saying, we do know to whom we are speaking, as well as what our hearts feel towards Him, as the Holy Spirit helps us to speak beyond human words we know. Have you ever been in a circumstance, a situation, something um, unexpected, and it was just so beyond you? Some of you might be going through that right now. And in your personal private prayer time, you have exercised your gift to speak in tongues. And there's a warmth and there's an assurance and there's a refreshing that comes. As you know, you're praying specifically God's will over that circumstances in a way that only God understands. Anybody ever experienced that before? I know Jackie has. Several people have. So this is what praying in tongues does. It helps us to pray beyond the limits of our natural mind. Now let me show you another verse that's laced with this truth. Romans chapter 8 verse 26. Romans chapter 8, verse 26. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, Romans in your Bible. This is the New Living Translation. Look at it with me. And the Holy Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words, with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. Another big Greek word. The words helps us. Helps us. It's the Greek word suna tilobanomai. Suna tilobanomai. It's important. Listen. It means to take hold of something with another person or to partner with someone or help someone in an endeavor. And it's two Greek words, syn, S-Y-N, that means with. Somebody say with, with. And the other word is lambano. Lambano in the Greek means to take hold of something. So picture this. When you're praying in tongues, the Holy Spirit, he partners with you and I, and he takes hold of whatever it is you're praying for. He takes hold of it with you so that you can pray beyond your limited understanding. 
and you can pray in a way that goes directly to the heart of the Father, even though it's beyond your capability to understand what you're praying, he helps you in that prayer. Why would we need his help? Because we're weak. It says he helps us in our weaknesses. And that's a reference to both the struggle and one's inability to handle the struggle. So he wants to help us in our weaknesses. Notice the word groanings. The word groanings, it's an unusual term in the Greek, and it means to make guttural sounds from the depths of one's inner self. Groanings that cannot be expressed in words. Listen to this. This is a Greek word, alalates. Alalates. A-L-A-L-E-T-O-S. If I have it up there, I may have spelled it wrong. It's alalates. A-L-A-L-E-T-O-S. Listen to this. It refers to something that cannot be translated with or articulated directly in a known language. Now, don't get me wrong. You can pray in English. I can pray in English. But you know as well as I do, there are times in our prayers where we're limited, where we run out of words, where we don't know what to pray, we don't know any more scriptures, we've prayed for a minute and we're done. It's not like that when you're praying in tongues. You can just intercede and you can pray and the Holy Spirit is helping you to pray some of those deeper prayers, some of those areas where you need God's help. An expanded translation of this verse might read like this. Listen. The Holy Spirit himself literally steps into partnership with us when we are completely overwhelmed by our current situation. Activating supernatural power for us by drawing from the depths of his heart to inspire our spiritual language with spiritual words so far beyond human expression that only God can understand. So, Pastor Robert, do you do that? I do. I do do that. A lot of times I'll be praying, I'll be reading, and I just want some more insight, or I'm going through a trouble or a trial, and sometimes I'm just praying to build myself up, and I'll be praying and praying, and all of a sudden, I switch. I just flip the switch. And I just begin to pray from my spirit, deep in my spirit. So Pastor Robert, I don't understand. I hear a lot of people and a lot of churches argue because they say every time you do that, there has to be an interpretation. How many of you heard that before? Come on, anybody ever hear that? Let me just clarify something to you, okay? One of these prayers is for private, personal prayer. That's what I was doing right now. The other one is for public prayer, and it requires an interpretation because you're speaking to other people through that tongue with an interpretation. But if it's not for you all, and it's just for me, there's no need for the interpretation. That's where the confusion comes in, and people haven't rightly divided or been taught correctly, so it's just really confusing. Let's not talk about that. But once a church understands some things, and they're growing, we do this on staff all the time. We circle up. We'll say, hey, let's go ahead, let's pray in the Spirit. We know when we say that, we're praying in tongues, we're praying the perfect will of God. Also, we'll look at we're edifying ourselves, we're building ourselves up spiritually. We all are in agreement. We know we don't need an interpretation for that because that's not from God to somebody with a tongue that needs an interpretation. It's not for them. 
It's for us. Does that make sense? So I do that regularly, and I know some of you do that too. I'm just convinced that a lot of times the baptism in the Holy Spirit is an accompanied uh, by this gift of praying in tongues. A lot of times, especially in the Bible, we see those two happening almost simultaneously, if not simultaneously. So wherever you're at, you're still trying to figure things of Christians across the globe who pray in what we call tongues. Now, I will say this. It's not worth arguing over. And anyone who doesn't pray in tongues is still going to go to heaven. And let me just say this. Everyone who prays in tongues is still going to go to heaven. Can you say amen, you tongue talkers out there? <laughs> right? So there's no need to be uh, divided about this. This is just a real thing. Now, I want to share another video. This is a video of a Catholic priest. He's a father. And he had an experience where he was baptized in the Holy Spirit. And I want you to hear it straight from his lips to your ears. Let's play the video and then I'll come back up. Praise be Jesus Christ. I was 16 years old. I no longer considered myself an atheist. I discovered the lives of the saints and I was in love with the saints. I was reading sacred scripture every day. I was in love with the Bible. I was praying every day. And I was experiencing God's wonderful presence in my life. And my life was changing. However, I still struggled with doubts about the existence of God. It's like it was something I couldn't shake off. It was like it was like a shroud over me. And I just couldn't shake it off. It was a block. And at the time, I started to go to a Catholic charismatic prayer group. And I was really inspired by how much these charismatics loved the Lord Jesus and loved the Bible and were eager to share their faith in the Lord Jesus with others. However, I was very skeptical about the charismatic stuff especially the gift of tongues. Now, I knew the gift of tongues was in the Bible. I knew that the saints had all kinds of wonderful charisms. However, I just doubted whether or not a normal person could receive the gift of tongues. And so I decided to talk to my mom about it. Again, I was 16 years old. I just got my driver's license, and we were driving together. I was the one driving from Ottawa back to Pembroke. And I was pouring out my heart to her, telling her about the prayer group, how nice it was, but about my doubts about the charismatic stuff and especially the gift of tongues. And finally I asked her, I said, well, what do you think about this whole gift of tongues thing? And to my utter shock, she says to me, she says, well, I have the gift of tongues. And, and I was just, I was amazed. And I, and I actually felt a little offended. I'm like, I've been living with you for the last 16 years and you have this heavenly language gift, and you never told me anything about it. And she said, well, when you were an infant, uh, me and uh, your dad, we went to a Catholic charismatic prayer group, and I was prayed over for the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and I received the gift of tongues. And I, when I'm alone, sometimes I pray in tongues. And when I do it, it makes me think of the love of the sacred heart of Jesus. And, and again, I was, I was just shocked that she had the gift of tongues and she never told me anything about it. So I decided to ask her. I said, well, can I hear you pray in tongues? And she said, well, you might want to turn the Van Halen off first. So I turned the radio off. And my mom began to sing into me what sounded like a, an angelic voice or song. It was so beautiful. It was so wonderful. It was overwhelming to hear her singing in tongues next to me in my dad's pickup truck. 
But more powerful is as she was singing in tongues, it's like something came over me. And in an instant, all of my doubts about the existence of God vanished. It's like this shroud was lifted or like St. Paul, the scales fell. And I knew that God is real. And it wasn't an intellectual thing that I could suddenly explain to people the existence of God. It was this deep knowledge. And later I came to discover that faith is actually a gift. And it's like the Lord poured out this gift in great abundance. From that day, I've never had any doubts about the existence of God. And so I continued to go to the charismatic prayer meeting and I gave my life to Jesus. I gave him my heart. I invited him to be my Lord in that charismatic prayer group in a a real way. And I was prayed over for the the infilling of the Holy Spirit for a personal Pentecost. And this just put in me a fire of love for God. So much so that when I was at work, I worked on a farm, I would sing praises to God when I was alone in the field. Any song I could remember from church, I would sing to the Lord. And what happened is, is when I ran out of words, when I ran out of songs, something welled up in me. And a song, a language, an expression of praise kind of flowed out of me and I began to sing in tongues. I began to pray in tongues. And I've been praying in tongues ever since. In 1 Corinthians chapter 14, St. Paul says, Pursue love, but strive eagerly for the spiritual gifts. He goes on to say in verse 5, Now I should like all of you to speak in tongues. And then in verse 18, he says, I speak in tongues more than any of you. And finally, in verse 39, he says, So my brothers, strive eagerly to prophesy and do not forbid the speaking in tongues. Viva Cristore. Wasn't that so good? I love what he said. Listen, I was prayed over for the infilling of the Holy Spirit, a personal Pentecost, and this put me in a fire of love for God. So much so when at work, I would sing praises to God when I was alone in the field. When I ran out of words, something welled up in me and a song, a language, an expression of praise flowed out of me and I began to sing in tongues. I just love that testimony. Catholic, charismatic, spirit-filled priest who experienced this baptism in the Holy Spirit. He referenced a, a pivotal, fundamental verse. I don't know if you caught it. 1 Corinthians 14.1 says, pursue love and desire spiritual gifts. Pursue love and desire spiritual gifts. That's why the Apostle Paul wrote to the church in Corinth. They said, do you remember the love chapter? He said, though I speak with tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I've become a sounding brass and a clanging cymbal. How many have heard that before? What is this reference to tongue of angels? That's a spiritual heavenly language. How do you know that? Because he just got through talking about all the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit, referring to tongues and interpretation of tongues. So he's saying, listen, it doesn't matter what spiritual gift you have going if love isn't your foundation because love is what authenticates a Jesus follower. Love is what authenticates 
the flow of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. So he says, pursue love. Go after love. Go after love. Walk in love. Express love. And pursue spiritual gifts. Isn't that what he said? Be zealous for spiritual gifts. So these gifts are given to us by grace. And there's something that empowers us, not just for our own lives. I believe that the baptism and the Holy Spirit will be beneficial to you. It will set you free. It will give you clearer revelation of Jesus. It will help you to be bold in your walk with the Lord. It will empower you to be a brighter light and a brighter witness. That's why Jesus told his disciples, don't you dare leave Jerusalem until you receive the promise, the power, and the baptism of the Holy Spirit of God. Acts chapter 1, verse 5 and 8. That's exactly why we need it. There's so many, so many benefits to being filled with the Holy Spirit and praying in tongues. Here's benefit number two. I'm moving quickly. You ready? Number two, praying in tongues refills my spiritual reservoir. Did you know you have a reservoir? I know you know you have one because have you ever felt like you felt depleted spiritually or you're running on empty or close to it? What is that? That's your spiritual reservoir. Look at Ephesians 5.18. Makes it so clear. Paul's writing to the church at Ephesus, and he says, Don't be drunk with wine, because that will ruin your life. Instead, come on, somebody say, instead. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Oh, Pastor Robert, if he's writing to the church, and the church are full of Christians, aren't they already full of the Holy Spirit? Well, yes, the Holy Spirit is indwelling every Christian. He lives in you. But sometimes our spiritual batteries begin to drain with all the stuff that we have to kind of deal with in the world and family and life and career and pressure and finances. Sometimes we get a little spiritually drained. And so he's saying, listen, you don't have to stay there. Don't be drunk. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Allow Him to re-energize you to refill you, to refill your reservoir. Get into some time with the Lord, praising and worshiping. You know, the first filling in Acts chapter 2, you know what they were doing? It says they were singing the wonderful works of God. They were praising God in the Spirit. I love to praise God in the Spirit. Beyond the words, beyond the song, it's just a spiritual experience. Now, I want you to know this. When it says, be filled with the Holy Spirit, it's written in a way that communicates be being filled. In other words, be continually filled. Thank God for free refills. Amen. The word filled. Picture it. The word filled. It's the Greek word plerao. And it means to fill up or to level up to the full. To level up to the full. It's a picture of a net being crammed full of fish. No more room. Or something hollow being filled up. Cram to the full, no more room. Be being filled with the Spirit. You don't have to be a drag. You don't have to feel discouraged. You don't have to feel defeated. You can be being filled, praying in the Spirit, praising in the Spirit. I love to do it. It fills me up. Ephesians 5.19 says, Singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves. Spiritual songs, spiritual songs. Those aren't limited to songs in English. 
It includes singing in the Spirit. So some of you here have been baptized in the Holy Spirit. I've met a lot of Christians who've had an initial baptism in the Holy Spirit. Could have been years ago. But for one reason or another, you haven't kind of exercised this gift of speaking in tongues and praying and praising in tongues on a regular basis. Let me encourage you. Be refreshed in that practice. It's a gift. It's a privileged gift. Find time to get away somewhere to do that. It will strengthen you. Why is all this important? It's important because living a victorious life requires constant spiritual power. When we pray or praise in tongues, the Holy Spirit refreshes, refills, and renews our spirit, causing us to continue praising and praying perpetuating the cycle of being filled and refilled with the power and the person of the Holy Spirit. Can somebody say amen? amen? So important. Benefit number three. Praying in tongues strengthens my spirit. Come on, say it with me. Praying in tongues strengthens my spirit. Look at Jude chapter 1, verse 20. Jude is the second to the last book of your Bible, just before Revelation. Jude, and then Revelation. Small, small book. You ready? One chapter, I think. Jude chapter 1, verse 20. This is what the Bible says out of the Living Bible. But you, dear friends, must build up your lives ever more strongly upon the foundation of our holy faith, learning to pray in the power and strength of the Holy Spirit. So, when we pray in tongues, there's a strengthening, an encouraging, or a building up of ourselves that takes place. As we pray in tongues, He flows refreshing to us. There's no human explanation for the supernatural infusing of His encouragement and strength flowing into our being when we pray in tongues. I love what the Apostle Paul said. He said this, What's the conclusion then? What do we do with all this that I've just shared with you? In other words. And then he says this. I will pray with the understanding. That means I'll get what I'm saying. But then he says, and I will pray with the Spirit. Meaning I'll also pray in tongues where I don't get it in my intellect. And then he says, I will sing with the understanding, that's in his native tongue. And then he says, and I will also sing with the Spirit. Inferring, speaking in tongues and praying and praising in tongues beyond his understanding. We're going to get ready to close. But before we close, we've been splitting our service with two worship songs on the front and two worship songs on the end. And we're going to engage in worship in a moment, and we're going to sing a couple of more songs, and just allow this message to kind of find its way into our hearts and penetrate in our hearts. There is so, so much more in your study guide, a bunch of questions that I didn't answer and I didn't have time to go through, but it's worth this one question. Here it is. You ready? Pastor Robert, if I don't speak in tongues, does that make me any less a Christian than someone who does? I just want to clarify, certainly not. 
God loves you, and he considers you to be in the family as much as the person who prays in tongues. And so I don't want everybody or anybody to ever think that a gift of the Spirit is any personal merit badge. They're all gifts of grace. Amen? And this is just one gift. If you look at the context, there's nine of them. But there's not so much confusion when you talk about faith or word of wisdom or word of knowledge or prophecy or discerning of spirits or miracles or gifts of healing. It's this subject. Let me tell you why. Because the devil knows that if he can keep us divided on this subject, he'll keep us from experiencing everything that God has for us as individuals and us as a church. You can't escape it. The baptism in the Holy Spirit came with these gifts that empowered God's people for supernatural living. And there's no evidence in the scripture that points to the fact that they're no longer valid for today. Thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for more messages. If you like what you're hearing, share it with your friends. For more content from Lakeshore and information on services, check us out at lakeshorecf.com.